Hey, Simon. Hmm? I have this friend. Uh, let's call him Doug. Okay. And he wants to know what systems engineering is. Oh, this is, uh, this is the perennial question for systems engineers, ironically. We spend four years in systems engineering and nobody ever tells us what it is we do. What's a perennial question? Uh, it comes back every year. Just, anything perennial is... Yeah, I've never year. heard a question referred to as perennial. Okay, uh, maybe there's a better term for it. That's okay. You keep going. I will. <laughs> no, because see, now this is going to bother me. Um, okay. Nope. No, this week on not. How Do You Engineer, <laughs> we <laughs> use a thesaurus. We tried, to think of the, we tried to figure out what word Simon was trying to think of. No, I think um, that's the word. I, I think so. Anyway, so yeah, it comes up. Everybody I know who uh, who hears that I've gone through systems engineering is like, so what is systems engineering? Yep. And perpetually the answer is, oh. So, okay. I think the textbook answer is it's inter- is an interdisciplinary engineering program or engineering an approach to engineering problems that allows allows you to take into account aspects of the problem from like technological and social aspects and also to use tools from a whole bunch of different engineering um other types of engineering to solve your problem so to coin a phrase from previous episodes you're a full stack engineer yeah actually that's a pretty good way to look at it all right episode done yeah um yeah you're welcome Systems engineering tends to concern itself with looking at the big picture, quote unquote, big picture, um, looking at how a mechanical system, it's, it's kind of like, like what mechatronics was to electrical and software and mechanical, sort of bringing those three together and into a single system. Systems engineering does that and steps even further back and takes in pieces of, um, psychology, user experience design, uh, social analysis, um, logistics, lifespan analysis, things like that, where you're looking at how a, how a system is going to work, not just as it's designed, but as it's used and as it ages and as people, different people from different backgrounds use the system or interact with it. Hmm. Um, I, again, that's a, it's one particular aspect of systems engineering. I mean, you could do, we, in undergrad, we covered all kinds of different concepts. You could specialize in user experience. You could concept, or you could specialize in like controls. You could specialize in, you could go into civil and you could do like power system management where you're a level up from like the, uh, low, like not low level, but the individual control level for the power grids and up to like large scale power systems. They're all, they all fall under the, under the mantle of, of systems engineering. Um, so that's sort of like it's it's interdisciplinary and it's looking at the big picture, bringing together different engineering uh, subdisciplines in order to solve a big problem in a way that solves everyone's problem, not just one particular aspect or like uh, addresses all the different facets of a problem. That's interesting to mm-hmm. me because my program was technically called what I normally say systems and computer engineering because it makes more sense than what it was actually called, which was engineering systems and computing. Mm. Um but essentially what we were doing was taking that type of approach to systems that involve computing. Mm-hmm. So you would do generic first and second year courses on everything from thermo and fluid mechanics through to seven different types of math and control and programming and stuff like that. And then specialize in uh, a field that applies systems to computing without the UI and UX stuff, but more with things like you could do programming or you could do mechatronics or you could do controls or you could probably do other specializations I'm totally forgetting about, but mm-hmm. it was taking that systems level approach, but specifically to computing platforms. 
Yeah. It's um that's that's part of the reason why it's so hard to nail down is that there are as many different kinds of systems engineering as there are systems engineers. Um everyone pretty much everyone I know who has come out of systems engineering has done has gone to apply it to something slightly different from everyone else. So you could uh like you could focus on I, I know people who are in ergonomics and human factors. I know people who are in user experience design. I know people who are in I know people in user experience design too. Yeah. Yeah. We we all know the we all know Phil. We all know Phil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can you can claim to know him. So yeah, he's a systems engineer and uh and he's looking at how people interact with a piece of software, but he's looking at usability and looking what pe- what people need to use and also how that system will fare in the future as other systems around it um mature and the environment in which the system is operating changes. Uh an interesting way to look at it would be if you had like a car the you'd have people who are designing individual parts of the car and then you'd have you might have say a mechatronics engineer they'd be looking at how the whole car functions but you might have a systems engineer that looks at how the car interacts with other cars how the car interacts with the traffic system how the car is made how the parts for the car get to where they're going to be put together to make the car how the car gets to the user and then how the user then deals with the car later on like support and maintenance things like that so these are all you probably wouldn't have a single engineer doing all those things, but yeah. those are all aspects of the car engineering process that fall under a systems engineering aegis. I'm going to derail the conversation a little bit. I discovered As on a podcast do. yesterday that uh, Ford Motor Company has an engineer whose job it is to um, quantify butt feel. And he, like, he is specifically... <laughs> And he got really angry at the the interview that they did because they kept referring to it as butt feel. <laughs> he was like, "It's not butt feel. Stop calling it butt feel." Yeah, well, that that would be ergonomics. Yeah. That would definitely be ergonomics. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but that that is something like you could look at in, in terms of human human factors in ergonomics. One of the questions is sort of like you can if you're going to design a chair. We we joked in like episode one we were talking about engineering like the green office chair, mm-hmm. and you could you have a, like a materials engineer that would look at the foam, and you might look at somebody who have somebody who looks at the shape of the chair in terms of uh, like aesthetics. But then there is the question of okay, is somebody going to sit in this for several hundred thousand hours? What's going to happen to the chair over its lifespan? How is what what effect is that going to have on the person using it mm-hmm. and looking at that th- that kind of interaction? Mm-hmm. So they they sometimes in that case you end up being the guy who's like, okay, that's a great design, but what happens like ten years from now, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. hmm. So it's it it does tend to sort of um, it it cants into the like the socio technological uh, if that's a good term where you're, you're dealing, it's, it has a lot to do with people and with interaction with people, at least the, the, the parts of systems engineering that I've dealt with. It's uh, the, like the human part of engineering and dealing with users and things like that. Yeah. That's what I was about mm-hmm. to ask if it was specifically human factors and human related aspects of those engineering systems. It's, it's not specifically that that is definitely one of the biggest sub disciplines of systems engineering okay. just because it's, it's a, part of the systems design life cycle that is not really touched on as well by other engineering disciplines. There are things that can, it systems deals a lot with things that can't be quantified very well. It deals with looking at, uh, solving problems that involve not being able to come up with a necessarily an optimized solution, but one that is a sort of, we need to look at, we need to identify the requirements that don't fit into any specific, like they're not mechanical requirements specifically, and they're not, uh, they're not software requirements specifically, but they are mm-hmm. overarching requirements for how the system's going to operate and how it's going to interact with things. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. I think I would have liked that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds so really cool. Yeah, the program that I was in was actually called Systems Design. And there was a really sort of hand-wavy, touchy-feely way they described it. And it was, the systems is how you understand the world, and the design is how you change the world. Oh, man. <laughs> Universities. It, it, it's it's <laughs> – it's it's very it was it was very very uh, like namby pamby but it 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 was a good touchstone because it was it gave you both sides of systems engineering which is you need to be able to understand the system you need to be able to define the way the system is going to work the existing natural system in which your uh, whatever you're solving is going to work and then you need to design something that fits into that system that environment hmm. so in a lot of cases that involves creating models um, one of the, like one of the, the interesting, like sub, like very specific courses that I took involved, um, modeling, um, natural systems. So modeling water flow, groundwater flow and stuff like that. So this was, this was designing systems for, um, controlling pollution in groundwater systems and things like that. Um, and it was a, primarily a discrete modeling course, which was focused on how do we understand how groundwater works in order to then create a system that will do what we want to do in the context of this groundwater system that you're mm-hmm. working on. Um, so you could have a hydrologist that would be like, okay, this is how you can model the system. But then the process of identifying what you want to do with this groundwater and how that how your system is going to solve those problems is a systems engineering problem. Hmm. Do you think that in an ideal world, systems engineering wouldn't exist as a specialization because the aspects of system engineering that apply to different other specializations in engineering would be encompassed by those specializations. Cause I'm thinking about how in controls, there's a large push right now um, as one of the pillars of like the, the big grand challenges in control systems towards education, but also um, thinking along the lines of systems specifically, like they call it systems level control where you're not just sort of, it's sort of internet of things kind of uh, aspect or large dis- scale distributed systems where you're not just controlling a quad, but you're controlling a quad and a fleet of 17 quads that's surveying land in Northern Canada. And they all have to work together to map things in a collective way and transmit the data in an intelligent way and figure out what that means. And it's sort of this nuanced approach to how in that particular case, large networks of control systems work together, like a car again. If you think about a car and how it, it acts as a mechatronics and control challenge, that's mm-hmm. where they're going with trying to train engineers that think on that level and not just, I need to control the cruise control of a car, but I have to control that combined with 17 other things all at the same time. And how do they work together? How does cruise control affect traction control, affect ESB, and affect anti-lock braking mm-hmm. effect radar guided cruise control and how did all of those work together mm-hmm. yeah i think that's that's another reason why it's uh so difficult to pin down what systems engineering is is that it's not just people who go through systems engineering programs are systems engineers perhaps depending on what they're doing but there's also lots of people who specialize and through their specializations get into systems level applications of their engineering specialty mm-hmm. and those people i would consider systems engineers like you could right. have someone who is a power systems engineer okay yeah who yeah. went through electrical engineering work their way up through like the, the power um, power transfer or power transmission and they get up to the point where they're looking at large-scale power grids and at that point they are doing systems engineering uh, because they've gotten to the point where they're beyond the scale of just a, a particular solving a single problem to solving a large system of problems solving a creating a, a system that works in a lot of different ways at once and so you could get into a systems engineering quote-unquote 
uh, position from a whole bunch of different places. You could be doing like city planning and be doing systems engineering if you're looking at uh, large scale traffic flow, looking at mm-hmm. usability or uh, like in architecture, if you're looking at how people move around, how flow of people through a building, um, density of people in in different areas, things like that, that is a systems level problem. And how you then do like a social engineering solution to a problem, like how do you get people to go to a certain place? And how do you get people to consistently do that and feel like they're not being like herded? That would be a systems level problem. Um, so it's a, they, those people may not have gone through a systems engineering program, but they may be engineering a system in the same way, in a way that would make it systems engineering, at least in my book. Okay. So it's almost like they carved out a subset of a lot of different applications of engineering and decided to call it a specific title. Cause I was thinking when you were talking about ergonomics, I have a lot of friends who studied ergonomics, but they were taking biological engineering. Yeah. There, there, there are crossovers. I mean, we had lots of people who crossed over into like kinesiology or mm-hmm. sociology or psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of also like people who move, move in like very specific directions in terms of they want to specialize in, there's a lot of crossover, as I say, with civil and like traffic control or with mm-hmm. architecture and with like crowds and, and understanding. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a lot of stuff to do. Systems gets into a lot of things like knowledge management and uh, controlling and understanding how information travels from place to place, not at necessarily the level of like IP, like pushing ones and zeros, but how actual like information, getting people to understand things and uh, getting people to know what they need to know at a specific time is a very like systems level problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it, it, that, that, that's the main issue is that you can come at it from any number of different ways and they are all systems engineering and they may not necessarily be part of a systems engineering program. Now, in terms of like education, most systems engineering or systems design engineering programs uh, focus on giving you a very broad base of yeah. uh, experience so that it tends to sort of lead into project management and that sort of direction because it's you're, you're the guy who's like, I've taken circuits, I've taken chemistry, I've taken uh, all of these very specific, I've, I've taken system modeling controls and now I can talk to the guy who does controls. I can talk to the guy who does like material science and I know what each of them, I know enough about what they're doing to mm-hmm. be able to know how they interact with each other mm-hmm. and to know how the tools that they bring to the problem can be used to solve a problem that any one of them, like one of the nice things about, uh, one of the big things about doing a, doing a systems level solution to a problem is you avoid the when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a, looks like a nail solution. Because you, if you have a little bit of a feeling of here are all the different specializations, here are the things that different tools can do for you, and you can look at how those tools can work together to solve mm-hmm. a problem more efficiently. You're not anyone. necessarily good at using a ball peen hammer, but you know about a large range of hammers and yeah. what they're well suited for. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it, it it seems like it's also groom, grooming you to a certain extent for sales and marketing because that it's that mm-hmm. same sort of intermediary role where you understand what the engineers do and you understand what the programmers do and you understand what the c- customers want yeah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can bring all of them together and almost be that intermediary translator yeah mm-hmm. there, there, it's it did tend to push a, a lot of people went into um, entrepreneurship like starting their yeah. own businesses yeah, as exactly. well for a very similar reason because they could look at looking at a high level problem solving a high level problem mm-hmm. and uh, Again, not getting caught up in your specific uh, specialization. Again, like Tyler, who we talked to uh, yeah. at Vidyard, and actually all the guys who started Vidyard are all systems grads. So it's it certainly does put you in that kind of field where 
you understanding how everyone works and bringing together a team of people to solve a problem in the best possible way is certainly uh, is certainly part of the systems design and systems uh, problem solving process. Hmm. There is mm-hmm. there is a lot to be said for just knowing who you need to talk to. Yeah. To go back to uh, to an early episode, you need to find the guy who knows how to like. Uh, the chocolate syrup like, yep. uh, injector guy, <laughs> and but knowing that that's the kind of the problem that you need to solve and identifying, be able to sit down and identify specific uh, requirements and knowing who's going to be able to allow you to meet those requirements or what set of skills you need and how those skills are going to mesh with other sets of skills. It's also neat because to a certain extent, I start thinking about how traditionally, especially in education, we have these grand pillars of engineering courses. You're like, okay, I'm going to, I want to be an engineer. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. I'm amped. I'm going to be an engineering guy. Hmm. Do I want to do civil, electrical, mechanical, or chemical? Yeah. And there might be some other like classics like um, computer and stuff. Now now we're in dangerous territory because we've, if we've forgotten something, yeah, Yeah. but then there are like major classic programs that all universities for the most part offer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine was odd because we didn't offer any of them except chemical. (laughs) We didn't have civil. We didn't have electrical. We didn't have computer. Yeah. Um, But we had other alternative programs that brought together what would traditionally be either encompassed by other disciplines or things you would learn on the job. And they made courses out of those. So it was funny because when we were talking to Andrew and he was saying that he did um, civil engineering and under the guise of civil, he did water resources and land development. Mm -hmm. We had water resources engineering as a program. Right. And we had environmental and biological and a number of different programs that you wouldn't normally classically find. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting because systems seems like one to a certain extent as well, where they basically took an act or a specialization that a lot of people had coming out of different programs and said, we really need to teach this in in and of itself. This needs to be its own program. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's certainly, especially if you're seeing people rising to systems level problem solving um, positions from other like specializations and then not really coming up with optimal solutions because of their skew towards one particular kind of solution or one particular like their specialization mm-hmm. and uh so that, that, that's certainly something that's become more popular recently is having people who have a really good understanding of a lot of different things rather than i mean there's certainly something to be said for coming up through the ranks of working in a specific kind of engineering and then leading a team with that kind of engineering but it it does tend to narrow your sense of what a like what your solution is going to be, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot more in in recent years of interdisciplinary programs that sort of bridge the gaps between different programs, and I would say that systems is kind of an umbrella that goes over all of those yeah. and says okay, all of these things are going to be needed to solve the big problems like mm-hmm. the like problems that involve lots of people and lots of different subsystems. So it's very difficult to pin down, again, as I say, because this is going to be, you're trying to come up with a really generic term for all of systems, but more, I mean, you could do sort of like we did with mechatronics of play a game of is it systems or not. And uh, the fact of the matter is a significant portion of what you consider traditional engineering problems are going to fall into systems in some way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or the way that those problems interact with other problems are going to be considered a systems level, like system level problem. Yeah. Um, But I would bet that pretty much anyone out there who does engineering, unless you've got a very, very limited um, job description, like if your job description is you get a set of documents from one guy and you turn it into a different set of documents you give to another guy. 
like then then okay you're you're a very specific part of a larger system but mm-hmm. yeah um but if it's if you're if you're at the level where you are looking at what other other engineers are doing and how what you do interacts with them that you are touching the edges of systems design engineering or systems engineering yeah and it could have and it could happen in it could be in pretty much any field you could be doing telecom you could be doing chemical like process engineering um in chemical is is very much getting into as soon as you step up from, okay, this is the chemical reaction I'm doing to how does that fit into a mechatronic system that's going to make that reaction happen to how does that mechatronic system fit into a building to how do people get to that mechatronic system to make it work? Mm-hmm. Like those are all steps up towards the, yeah. the high level systems problem of how do I get from reactant A to product B and and working up from the very basic here's the yeah. formula to here's a building with people in it that makes product a turn or reactant a turn into product b yeah so i'm going to get back to this in a second in a more detailed way but it seems like it's almost um it's training engineers to take on challenges and understand problems in a more nuanced way where normally they would have to almost teach themselves over time what the aspect of, of the system are so for instance if you have a company and you're a computer engineer and you make a product and you need to think about how it touches people and how they are influenced by it and how they interact with it and where it touches other aspects of engineering and how it's going to be influenced by those that's something that you would probably just learn on the job over time by talking to people and by having products fail and stuff like that this oh, is sort sure. of training you to do that off the bat so you understand it without having to learn it over time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and 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 things like usability engineering and the people who um in product design the guys who do create products that are going to be appealing to users but also robust and are going to do their job well most of the time they're doing that based on knowledge that they've gained from doing this several times wrong Um, people don't seem to like this and so we're going to do it differently whereas you might say people aren't going to like that exactly exactly and and the so you're getting to the point where you understand where the like what the big picture problem is it's like Mm -hmm. we need to solve this big problem of how do we make something that people like they don't like the color green so if you're going to make an office chair yeah don't go green yeah and well and 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 to then look at okay what is it what is is it the is it the color that's causing it is it some other like sociological Mm -hmm. or societal pressure Mm -hmm. and or is how is it is it some combination of different like different aspects is it the color green combined with how like squishy the chair is yeah um and, th- and that kind of thing where you you one person might solve one of those aspects but w- may not be able to step back and look at the big picture and say yeah. hey this this combination of aspects combined with this weird piece of data over here from this yeah. completely different discipline or how it can be repurposed like i'm just thinking now of the amazing show better off ted where they make an office chair and it's extremely itchy because the material is constantly like itching people's backs, which means that they're um, super uncomfortable and they mm-hmm. hate the office chairs, but they also are really productive because they're not comfortable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it, it also tends to be the, the other thing that's interesting about systems is it tends to be kind of a, uh, because it's an umbrella, it kind of does a catch all for a lot of little strange sub disciplines of engineering that don't really fit in other places as well. Um, so doing very specific applications of game theory and things like that tend to fall oh, into okay. systems engineering, uh, like crossovers into certain types of mathematics and 
uh, a lot of stuff in controls where you're getting into like neural networks and crossing over into bio systems and things like that mm-hmm. tend to fall into the systems um, umbrella just because they don't fit in nicely elsewhere and because they're already interdisciplinary. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it further muddying the waters because no one can really draw a line about what is systems because mm-hmm. it's just sort of well, it's whatever we kind of wanted to throw into the pot in this particular program at this particular school. That's neat. So, um, yeah, it's, so it's pretty vague. <laughs> if, if, if I'm a high school student and I want to do, I think, I think I want to be a systems engineer. Hmm. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Systems engineer sounds great. Yep. Um, what sorts of things am I really into? What, hmm. what floats my boat? Um, I think that an interest in psychology and in, uh, society, like, well, so the the whatever PAS people, the, yeah, psychology, anthropology, sociology. Um, oh, okay, you you got to have sort of a, a nice, uh, a fairly forgiving idea of what is and is not engineering. Like we we had this whole argument yeah. about what engineering is, mm-hmm. and uh, systems tends to push that. You tend to go into things like you'll you'll blur the lines between engineering and city planning, or between engineering and architecture, or between engineering and like food science. Yeah. And uh, so being, being willing to, or being interested in how engineering interacts with things that may not traditionally be engineering is definitely a a big starting point. Um, Also having an interest in, again, big problem, problem solving. If, if, if you're really into, okay, I need to define uh, very specific requirements for a very specific solution. It may not work. It's more like I need to develop a huge range of competing requirements from varying different places and look at how they all pull in different directions and uh, figure out how we can meet the requirements of as many people as well as we can, despite the fact that a lot of them are completely opposing to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, a lot of a lot of systems level is going to be if you've got a problem where you've got a person working in a dangerous environment and there's going to be the guys, there's the one side, there's the safety requirements and then there's the ease of use and speed and cost and they're all going to need to pull in different directions and there are totally different ways of solving that problem like you could build a robot you could give him better tools and better Mm -hmm. protection you could alleviate the um, environment altogether Mm -hmm. somehow like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and so there's there's very rarely going to be a very specific set of criteria for a good solution Mm -hmm. and often there are a hundred different solutions that could all work well and it's a question of finding figuring out which direction you're going to go uh, so that kind of problem solving, the high level problem solving and lateral thinking uh, is big in that. Um, the other thing that you're going to want to be very interested in if you're going to go into systems is taking a lot of math very early on uh, because they jam all of the math courses you take in all the different engineerings into the beginning to give you a basis for doing things like everything from game theory to uh, thermodynamics to chemistry. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's a rough first couple of years because it's, it's the worst of every, the beginning of every program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you gotta be prepared for that and, and be interested in learning lots of completely unrelated things at the very mm-hmm. beginning, kind of, kind of the worst of, uh, in some ways of what we were talking about being wrong with engineering yeah. and the, uh, engineering education. But also it, it's almost that core of engineering that you could almost make into, engineering in and of itself before you specialize like Mm -hmm. if you were to make an engineering program that was this is the essence of engineering without specialization in a particular field it seems like that is almost what it is Mm -hmm. yeah i i think again i can only speak to the particular program i was in but it did feel like after once you got to the end of third year and and it was very much they tried to meet um the 
engineering accreditation board requirements as early in the program as possible because then it meant that the second half of third year and into fourth year you could take pretty much anything you wanted and still meet the accreditation requirements Mm -hmm. um so it's it it is kind of a rough thing at the beginning and you gotta you've got to have an interest in like powering through that and uh so uh, the ability to look at the math and see how it fits into a bigger system problem. Okay. No, this is going to be a tool that I'm going to need to understand so I can get other people to work or help other people work on a bigger problem later on. Yeah. yeah. It's that mentality is, is important if that's, if systems is the direction you want to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, you can't do that high level thinking until you really kind of understand the fundamentals. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the few places where I think that order is important. It's important that you get that low, the base level understanding of these are the tools so that you're not, pigeonholed by okay these are the tools i've learned so far okay that's what we're going to use to solve it yeah i'm going to use chemistry because i know chemistry already exactly you have to Um, know chemistry and biology and human factors and psychology and philosophy and exactly thermodynamics yeah and then the other the 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 last i think the last thing that'll get you into systems or get you interested in systems is just not being so enamored with any particular engineering so you're willing to just sort of like i'm going to float around and learn Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of different stuff because jack of all trades yeah and it's not again. It's it. It's used in a derogatory term, but it's. I. I think that being what a jack, jack of all trades, master of none. That's derogatory. Yeah, the whole point is the point of like you're you're not actually good at anything. Part, I don't yeah. know. I like it. Yeah. I, would, I would call myself that. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it's lost. It's like it was originally supposed to be like a negative connotation. Yeah. But anyway, the yeah, it it is. It's definitely that, and you will come out of it with it. It's you come out of the program. Um, it's hard to justify what it is that you do for a particular company that isn't already looking for a systems engineer. So most people will fall yeah. will fall into very specific roles that already are tailored well to systems engineers, like mm-hmm, user mm-hmm, experience, mm-hmm. like product design, like logistics, things mm-hmm. like that. And and those are good places to be in systems engineering, but it will mean you have to be excited about that kind of looking at the big picture and then selling that big picture solution to somebody who may be looking for, okay, I'm looking for a chemical engineering solution like yeah. well have you stepped back and said maybe there's a social engineering mm-hmm. like solution to that or and it's hard to come out and just be like okay now i'm gonna design transmissions for lawnmowers because you exactly you can't turn around and be like have you thought about not mowing the lawn yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well and and I, I i can't i'm i'm uh guilty of I, I came out of systems engineering and then went immediately into a purely electrical design but that I think that my like having an understanding of other uh, design design precepts was inter- it was very helpful in learning how to design an electrical device well, and how to like lay, laying out electri- electrical design in a way that didn't just make sense from a schematic point of view, but also from a user point of view and from a uh, assembly point of view and a design for manufacturability things like that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, that you may not. I, I I honestly don't know if they teach any of that in electrical design, but no. Abby's just shrugging at me. <laughs> I am not the Abby expert doesn't know either. in those things. Maybe. Well, it's obviously it, they don't. Well, no, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of it's interesting because Abby, you went through an electrical engineering program, but yeah. now you are doing what you're doing in terms of like developing uh, applications uh, now is what I would consider a systems level problem because you're looking at how you can use a tool the the tool itself the application is a systems level problem because you're dealing with servers you're dealing with users you're dealing with data and pushing data around mm-hmm. and how the, all those things work together is definitely a systems level problem and it's uh it, but i wouldn't like it, so you're doing systems engineering in my mind but it's not because you were a systems engineer quote okay. unquote cool um, 
No, it's true. Yeah, the problems that we face are very systems oriented. Mm-hmm. High level. Yeah. I mean, yeah, mechatronics in general is going to verge on that just by yeah. being inter- interdisciplinary. But especially if you bring in the aspects of like UI design and graphic design and, yeah. and content layout and as soon as you start expression of concepts and thoughts and stuff like that. Yeah, as soon as you start thinking about how people are going to use a mechatronic system, you are you're high enough up that you're outside of any of the traditional engineering um silos and then you're into yeah. you're into systems engineering as far as i'm concerned cool mm-hmm. i'm into it too everybody should be into it so <laughs> neat <laughs> thanks simon thank you simon I, you're the bomb i'm i hope i answered uh your friend doug's question he's he, he, we can always have follow-up questions but uh yeah yeah unfortunately i don't think there is a straight answer to this same as the mechatronics one so yeah yeah um and there isn't like there aren't like tent poles like the engineering or mechatronics where yeah. you hit on mecha- like mechanical electrical software there really is no like, you're surrounded by tents yeah you're in it, a field surrounded by tents it's a bunch of yurts yeah. in the middle of the step yeah and the step goes on for miles <laughs> yeah um yeah and they're made of different materials and different colors and shapes and sizes and yep yep some of them are usable some of them are useless yep. but we just abandoned them some oh of them are God. for dogs <laughs> all right cool for dogs <laughs> yeah <laughs> Some of them are very tiny. Dog tents. That didn't work so well. All right. Um, So we're uh, we're still being sponsored by Kwanzaa? I hope so. All right. So this episode brought to you by Kwanzaa. Yay. Abby, tell us what Kwanzaa taught you this week. Uh, This week, Kwanzaa taught me how to use transformation matrices to manipulate objects in 2D space. Ooh. Is that like like linear algebra? I remember remember linear algebra. I, I didn't do very well at linear algebra. Mostly, I'm making things rotate using matrices. Exciting. Matrices sound way cooler than they are when you start using them to do yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. The matrix is not as cool as you think. It's no. not. <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's just a square with some numbers in it. Yeah. But I learned this week. Thanks, Kwanzer. Yay. Pa-pow. <laughs> is that like the end? Yep. Oh, no. We haven't said like how people can get in touch with yeah, us. Yeah, I know. No, the end, the end of that... Of the, of the, <laughs> It was the end of the Kwanzaa report, not the oh. end of the episode. Oh, oh. yeah, we didn't have the like intro and outro noises. We'll we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. It's okay. fine. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. See that now I know we're back to the regular episode. Yeah. <laughs> back to your regularly scheduled well, episode. It could be the papow for the other one pa-pow. too. Is the end sound? I'm not cutting any of this out, so we might as well just keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah, there's I don't know how many times we have like recordings of us saying, "Oh, we'll edit this out later." <laughs> Okay, so we're the, I, I've answered the question. We've talked about Kwanzaa. Let's yeah. tell people how they can. This was an episode that was inspired by somebody messaging us on Facebook. Yep. So you should message us on Facebook and inspire more episodes. And we will add you to our infinite queue of episodes. Yep. Yes. Infinite. Possibly right near the top. <laughs> if, 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 we, if we like your idea, like this one, it'll jump right to the top. If there's of the a queue. confluence of events that prevents us from recording previously scheduled episodes then yeah well don't make it sound like that it's like well if your idea is good we're really and busy also we're we like have lots bored. of people and lots of interest well so many episodes we do have we have lots of irons in the fire but you know sometimes things are cool and we want to talk about them yeah yep. systems engineering is pretty cool it is mm-hmm. i i should imagine after devoting so much of my life to it um all right so yeah if you've got an idea of thing you'd like us to talk about uh you can message us on facebook or at, twitter yeah or email and don't 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 pin it. What? Don't don't pin your idea to Pinterest. I mean, you could. I'll read it in a few months. <laughs> is that actually how it works? Like, do they pin something? Do we see something? If yeah, they, or is it like maybe? I, I don't know. I, actually, I, yeah, I don't know. Can someone I've actually, actually contact us through Pinterest? Uh, We're really maybe. bad at this. <laughs> I've pinned things, but I haven't created content and pinned them. 
I think I feel like it, Pinterest is a way for us to send stuff to other people. If yeah. So we I, we pin ideas and the people yeah. one up them or I don't know. <laughs> so if you're interested in the things that we pin, <laughs> apparently there aren't many. So don't be interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's Reddit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes and do stuff on Reddit. Everything is how do you end? Yep. All across the board, except for the email. But that's and fine. our website. And our website. But you'll you'll find those. Except using Google. You can't find them using Google. This is a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many times have we ended a podcast? We're on episode what, twenty something? <laughs> we still haven't figured this out. All right. Okay. You're the systems engineer. You gotta figure out a way to bring all of these interconnected parts of our podcast together in a cohesive way that addresses the demands of the audience and the restrictions on our brain capacity challenge accepted 